You're listening to Words of Life, a message of hope from the Salvation Army. Thank you for joining us as we continue the conversation around the least of these and compassion. So focusing in on not just the one, like last week with Levi, but how Jesus shows compassion on multitudes. Um, Matthew chapter 14, again, a very familiar passage of scripture for those of us who've hung around church a little minute is um, Jesus is uh, feeding the 5,000. And uh, as a minister myself, what I love about this story is it starts off with Jesus just looking for some alone time, <laughs> which as a mom and as a minister and as someone who you know is in full-time ministry, I get that. And uh, a lot of us have busy lives. We get what it means to need some alone time. Um, Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. He withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. What happened? People followed him. Right. <laughs> I'm like, I get that so much. People followed him. So it's not like he was like, okay, guys, I'm ready for you. Come on down. Like people just they pursued him um, at all times. And, uh, and when he saw them, he had compassion on them, which I'm like, right off the bat, I feel like maybe I need to repent in my own life because I'm like, there are times when I'm like, I just need a little me time and here all these people are with needs. But Jesus had the ability to... Um, look beyond only his own interests, but also look to the interests of others and have compassion on them. And he just began his ministry to them. Right. And we see, as we look back to last week, we saw that Jesus engages Levi. He calls him to come spend some time together and they're eating a meal together. And right away, the religious people come and point their fingers. What are you, what are you doing eating with these sinners? You know, they're pointing out the reason why you shouldn't. Right. And it's interesting here, we don't see the religious people, but the disciples because uh, Jesus realizes that it's getting late, and most of these folks probably, you know, they're not close to anything, so there's not There's no Chick-fil-A food. nearby. There's no Chick-fil-A nearby, and there's not going to be enough food. It's getting late. People are going to get hungry. So the disciples probably getting hungry a little bit themselves, and they start pointing out to Jesus themselves, hey, it, you know, maybe we need to send these folks away because they're going to need to get back to town to get some food and, and move on with their day. But That's right. Jesus' story doesn't finish there. They don't need to go away. Give them something to eat. And, you know, sometimes I think we think that Jesus gets mad. He gets angry in Scripture when we see these passionate statements. But I don't think Jesus was, like, yelling at them and and scolding them, being like, who do you think you are? You know, how dare you? Like, because he's Jesus, right? Right. So I guess I, you know, just imagine in my spirit as I look at this story that Jesus actually engages them with compassion too. And he's... Yes, because he doesn't respond to maybe their stinginess, spiritual stinginess. He doesn't respond to that with condemnation, but rather invitation. He's so gracious. And to me too, right? So he says, hey, they don't need to go away. It's all going to be okay. Let's give them something to eat. And uh, that's when we have to realize and take some, you know, maybe some spiritual moral inventory and be like, well, what do I even have to offer? Right. Because maybe at that point they're like, okay, yeah, let's do it, Jesus. But but there's a but, right? Because they're like, okay, we'd love to give them something to eat, but there's nothing for them. Right. Because they are looking at the situation out of a place of deficit. Not capacity. Not capacity. Right. So, of course, Jesus, as only Jesus can do, says, well, bring them here to me. He directed the people to sit down on the grass. Get themselves comfortable. Right, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. We know the little boy provided this likely. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. 
He then gave to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. There's enough for them and more, which is just what Jesus is like. Because with Jesus, not only is there always enough, there's always enough and then there's overflowing. And I think that's the key. When I think about this story, I think about um, even culturally nowadays in our society, there's this uh, idea with nonprofits or with charity is like, oh, like there's never enough. So you got to kind of figure out how do I take this little bit I have and spread it out to those who are gonna do something with it, the deserving. How do I have positive outcomes with the investments I'm making um, in the people who are who have those needs? Right, and I think to move past that, and maybe the goal is not to get into a debate about who's right or who's wrong on the side of what's toxic charity and what's not, uh, because Jesus keeps it pretty simple for me, yeah. right? And his response, whether we look back at the last couple of weeks as we've been talking about these stories and seeing Jesus move towards the broken and the needy, right? He sees and is moved by compassion. There, mm -hmm. there, there's always a response. He doesn't ever walk away. Absolutely. So this this totally reminds me of our friend Trad, which um, is who he's amazing. I wish everybody knew him and everybody could um, hang out with him when he's got his like bass guitar going on. But um, this idea of how like. How am I going to use my resources and how can I use them wisely? When you have things to give, you, want, you don't want those things to go to waste. You want those things to multiply and be fruitful. But the situation is such in the world today that when we're investing in the lives of people, we don't get to control the outcomes. Right. I remember when Trad was struggling with substance abuse. And uh, he had come through the program that we were administering a couple times. Even before we had got there, he had right. been there. He'd actually reached the number of times you're allowed to go through the program. So once you kind of hit a certain number, uh, sometimes we say, well, maybe this isn't working for you. But there was just something about Trad where you just saw there was when he said, look, I, I want to change my life. That's right. And, you know, there was just something about him. And uh, when we looked at him and chose to see the capacity there available, not the deficit of how many times he had been through the program or how many times he had relapsed or, you know, burn all the bridges. When we chose to look at him and see capacity and say, man, look at the gifts this guy has. Uh, it was pretty easy to say, well, yeah, let's, let's do this again and again. And again, in just our couple of years there, I think probably uh, Trad came through the program three times. Yeah. And he also, remember that time he lived in the camper in our driveway for a little bit? That's true. Because sometimes what we have to offer isn't just one thing, but we have to shift to meet the person's needs. Right. And I actually remember, you know, there was this one time where he had left and even he had given up on himself. That's right. He sure did. Right. So I remember us going to him and just saying, like, we just really believe that God has, you know, is calling you into this community, into, into our church That's here right. at the Salvation Army. And uh, there's, a, there's a place for you. That's right. Uh, you can come back whenever you need to. And I remember him like slamming the door, not even opening the door when we would come to knock and bring groceries. <laughs> and he was just like, leave me alone, go away. You know, right. I, I don't want your Jesus. I don't want your program. I, I don't want any of it. Right. Um, I think about that because 
we have times in our own life that we can't even see what God is doing. You know, every person that has been created is created in the image of God. And as such, they have the capacity to contribute something unique to the world that is that is theirs to give. It's their contribution. Mm-hmm. And people deserve places to contribute. But sometimes we forget that we have anything to offer at all. Right. And that's why, like, that community, people coming around. So at that point, he did not need our class. He did not need that work therapy. He did not need a bed to sleep in. He needed people to come and remind him of who God called him to be, and not in a way that was condemning, but in a way that was invitational. So next week, uh, as we continue these conversations, we're going to be focusing um, on the kingdom of God and the way in which Jesus interacts with us, the least of these, and um, what he meant when he gave us that go into all the world. Please join us. Thanks for listening. To hear this week's full episode of Wonderful Words of Life, subscribe to the show on iTunes or visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org.